0: today I'm speaking with Rob Martin from City Bible Forum. and Rob funnily enough, has his own podcast called Bigger Questions and I thought it would be great today to discuss having an answer for the bigger questions. Welcome to you, Rob.
1: It's great to be here, thanks very much, Tina.
0: I just think this is fantastic to record and speak with another podcaster who has produced 208 episodes. It's great you're still alive.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Well, it was taking a long time, um, plenty of a number of years to get to that point. But yeah, I, I do look back and think, wow, we've got over two hundred shows. How did we? How did that happen?
0: <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And you can check those out, and I'll give you drop some links and stuff for the shows. So, Rob, today I want to talk particularly about three of your episodes that I noted where you interviewed people. Where can we find hope in a coronavirus world? Can God be there in the pain? And then a further episode, Thriving Amidst Anxious Times. And I think amongst those, there's some answers for us as everyday believers of how we Mm -hmm. can actually be reaching out to our friends and answering some of these bigger questions. So why don't we start with what did you learn from that episode? Where can we find hope in a coronavirus world? Yeah,
1: that was a terrific show that I recorded last year. So the the premise of Bigger Questions, what we try to do is to try to engage some of the objections, or some of the, um, the the things, the reasons people have to disbelieve in our culture, and we try to present a thoughtful, engaging kind of Christian uh, apologetic, in, for, for want of a better term, or try to provide reasons for people to to see that God is real and that He can uh, actually worth believing in and trusting. So I get all sorts of varieties of guests uh, to explore the life's biggest questions, and the, the, the one that you just mentioned about hope in a coronavirus world. I had two guests: one, Natasha Moore, Dr. Natasha Moore from the Center for Public Christianity; another one, and Dr. Keith. Suter, who's a futurist, so I kind of thought mm. it was a fascinating conversation because uh, Natasha Moore has had just released a book called *The Pleasures of Pessimism*, um, and so I mm. thought that's a really interesting book, and then. Uh, Dr. Keith Suda is a, a futurist, so he looks to the future, and so I kind of thought this is an interesting combination. We're looking: is the future bleak, uh, and if that is that if so, then maybe Natasha is going to love that because she's written a book on the pleasures of pessimism, or is the future <laughs> going to be completely dismal? And which, uh, or, or, or what, what, what is the future hold? And I think particularly we recorded that show last year. Probably at the height of the the, the pandemic, uh, when people there was no vaccine, we weren't really sure what the future held, and so there was a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. And so, I think that was that was a really I really would try to tap into that anxiety. Sorry, not to to exploit it, but I suppose just to understand it and explore it uh, a bit more. Mm. So, hence one of the things that Natasha pointed out in her reflections was that she said we are experiencing, uh, and it's one of the things that's really endured with me, is that we're experiencing uh, a a genuine biblical apocalypse in the the biblical sense of the term. An apocalypse uh, in Greek really means an unveiling or a a revealing. And I think what Mm. the coronavirus did was it unveiled and it revealed some of the the challenges and problems of our society that were otherwise covered. So I thought that was a fascinating Mm. reflection. So hence it exposed some of the so the inequalities of our society exposed some of the the fact that people were serving worshiping longing for things that were taken away from lockdowns and other and, and restrictions to travel and other freedoms being removed which revealed actually that there was some deep underlying problems in our society. And so I think mm. that that was actually, in some respects, whilst so it is genuinely sort of an apocalypse in that sense. It's an unveiling. It's a revealing. It reveals some challenges of our society. And I think that's where when you see those challenges, that's when I think that the hope of the Christian message actually is more profound and powerful and actually offers something that people otherwise may not have wanted to consider or perhaps thought worth considering because my life's going – well, thank you very much, I don't really need to to think about God. But actually, when those things are revealed, when we encounter the, the COVID apocalypse, so to speak, then actually, well, maybe the Christian message has something to say. And so that's really what mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the enduring things was, as, as I said, what Natasha says about being an apocalypse. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, right. And, and that's, I love the way that you actually put it, how it's revealed um, some lacks or some things in our life. Because if I think of my neighbour or I think of, you know, a friend that's, you know, not in the Christian space yet, that's a great way to have a conversation to say, look, for for me, coronavirus has revealed <laughs> some lacks or some challenges, you know, within life and, and being able to share those and asking the question, what what's that been for you?
1: Exactly, and I think that's great questions to ask people because I think it shows where hope is placed falsely or with undue yeah. confidence. So hence, I, I find my meaning by having an overseas trip every year, for example. Well, that's been taken away. So ha, ha, where do you find meaning in that sense? Or where do I find – if I, I love travel, you know, it's been removed. It's kind of – there's an, a, you know, there's a and hence, there's a void in our lives, which I think that – I think our culture really struggles to deal with. And I think that was one of the challenges of the uneasiness and f- some of the – that our culture and people in our world face, I think, was because they – had things that they had attached so much significance and meaning and purpose in their lives to, and then they've been taken away. And so what do I have? And so and that's where I think, again, the Christian message is because, well, because we have God who is always with us. We have a God who has a sure and a a wonderful hope for the future. We have a God who loves us and cares for us and is with us even amidst pain and difficulty. Those things actually become much more significant and valuable Uh, when everything Mm. else has been stripped away. And I think that was one of the things that last year really uncovered. I think that was some of the the things we touched on in that show, uh, where can we find hope in a coronavirus world? So we unpacked what coronavirus world looks like, what are some of the the things that it's shown about us and our culture. But then we also looked at, well, actually, the Christian message brings genuine and real hope uh, and meaning and purpose to people's lives, and it it is transformative. It actually shapes uh, so so much of the culture that we have uh, have today some of the benefits of our culture actually are shaped from people uh, captured by that vision of hope and of, of the future and of, of what the Christian message offers and it's been so transformative to our culture
0: yeah and it's it's taking that I just love it Rob I love this stuff <laughs> it's taking this and simplifying that down for a neighbor you know, like even saying things like that, gosh, you know, before COVID, I I loved my holidays as well. Mm. (laughs) You know, that was where I really was getting my sense of, I was looking forward to that. My hope is in in that, you know, I'm getting meaning and significance even from these things. Um, Yeah. But that's all changed. How's it affected you? And then leaning into and sharing your own, you know, well, as a Christian, I kind of view it, I've got a See it a little bit differently, and, and just keeping it very simple. But yeah, that's mm. unpacked it so well for me, Rob. Yeah. What else did you learn in that?
1: Well, but I think also what you've said, I think is exactly right. It's not to say that you know we we're Christians, we're ascetics, we don't enjoy the things of the world, <laughs> we don't I don't enjoy going mm. to restaurants or going to travel or anything. But I think what it does help us with, it helps us, I think, to articulate um, some of the the different ways in which the Christian message is good news. Because it's more, yeah. and, so, and, and so hence it's good news, Because and I think it's to help Christians realize that once some of these, the trappings of the the world and some of the, the so-called idols of our culture, when they've been removed or diminished, we start to realize, well, what's really important in life? And I think it helps Christians to say, well, actually, look, I love my overseas travel. I love you know eating at kind of funky Brunswick restaurants. I live in Brunswick, and so there's kind of funky cafes and, and the, the life that we can eat here. But at the same time, it's actually shown me that actually having a hope beyond the things of this world and having the peace of God in my heart and having knowing that God is with me even though life is difficult actually brings me great peace and joy amidst difficulty. And I think that it marks Christians out to be very distinctive, and those things are actually, I think, attractive to a world that is longing for peace, longing for joy, and longing for hope. But they're putting it in the wrong place. So I think that's why the the apocalypse, the COVID apocalypse, starts to try to mm. actually help recalibrate, refocus, and get a, a, a clearer perspective. I think on on where things go. So I think one of the things, yeah. things we actually reflected on a passage from One Peter, which is um, that in his great, uh, there's a a new birth into a living hope. And that's really what the heart of the Christian message is, that the resurrection of Jesus brings a living hope. Um, And it's not a a dead hope. It's not a kind of a a faded hope or a hope that sort of might happen if, you know, if my footy team happens to win the grand final. It's actually a, a sure hope based on historical reality and actually Transforms the future in a way that is positive and, and wonderful and beautiful. In fact, it's why it's called the gospel. It's good news, <laughs> and I think that's helped yeah. to. I think to try understand and unpack that, I think helps us to to know in a, in a, a deeper and a fresh and a, a profound way just how good news. How, sorry, how transformative and how good the Christian message really is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love the podcast. I'm a big fan. Oh, so thank you. Start start following bigger <laughs> questions if you're listening today, because you just get to. You know, think through your faith a little deeper, and then try and answer. How can I can now convey this to the world around me?
1: And thanks. Yeah, that's right, Tina. And that's one of the things that I try to do in the show. I try to be the guest's best friend and worst enemy at the same time, because what I want, I'm not. I don't want just sort of um, pat answers or or sort of fluffy answers. I actually want to ask genuinely what the question is that the non-believer is asking, or I anticipate. So I really work hard to try to find actual quotes from actual non-believers who ask these things mm. to actually say, well, what? how does the Christian message really deal with this real-life objection or this real-life question? So that I'm not just saying, well, I know we're Christians. I know it's a hard question. Let's not think about it because let's just think about Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? It's, it's actually kind of, I think, no, we want to really want to unpack and explore and understand the fault lines in the the, the, the worldviews of those around us so that we can really unpack that and, um, and show actually – Even when we ask the hardest objections from the most uh, uh, hardened non-believer, the Christian message still comes up with uh, good things and and truth and beauty and and relevance for us today. And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy about unpacking in the show.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And you do a great job. So let me ask you about this next one because it kind of connects to this Mm. um, where can we find hope in coronavirus world. This episode on can God be there in the pain? What type of answers came out in that that would be helpful for us today?
1: Yeah, because suffering is one of the big objections to the Christian faith because if they say, if God's all-powerful and all-loving, then why is there pain in the world? And I think it's a really good question, and I think it's worth pondering and reflecting on that. Um, and I've done a number of shows on suffering. In fact, It's probably been one of the most common sort of major or meta objection to the, the Christian faith, and it's often mm. – uh, but it's also – it's an iron- irony as well because it's often through suffering that people actually have their most deepest and profound connections with God. And I think that's what we explored in that particular that podcast because that was with a, a guy called John Hudson who had done a lot of thinking in suffering and the problem of evil, which is sort of a, a philosophical problem. But I think one of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the things that – there's a couple of things that we really uh, pushed into uh, in that episode. One was he, he made a comment which really resonated with me was, don't waste your tears because i think he's actually trying to help us to see that sometimes through suffering and through our pain and through difficulty god can in many cases use that to transform us grow us and shape us uh, and build our character um and hence there's there's something bigger going on now that can only happen i think if you have a god there overseeing the process or overseeing this kind of the the, the way that um the, overseeing our lives because if it is kind of random then well you just kind of pick yourself up and hope for the best, but actually knowing that God's good, knowing that God is loving, that our tears don't have to be wasted because it can actually transform us and, and move us into um, a, a greater sense of uh, of, of ourselves or our understanding in this world, but also of our connection with God and, and, and building as a, as a person and in the character that God wants us to be. So I think that was a really powerful thing for me, I think, from that one as well.
0: Yeah, and it is very powerful to even though it's very hard, like I'm think of a friend or a neighbor that I can actually have a conversation with and share my own pain, just say they're going asking that question, can God be there in the pain? If I can share my own experience from my Christian worldview to explain that even through the tears, it has shaped my life positively or it's helped me see things differently help me be whatever it is because we don't want to trivialise people's pain. But, yes, as a Christian, we very much and often do grasp the good things out of it. Mm. and To encourage others to actually reflect on that themselves, um, you know, is does bring hope. You yeah,
1: know? that's right. And connected to that, I think this is where the show ended up reflecting on as well, was that um, – the best example of that is not necessarily just our lives, but the example of Jesus Himself, because He suffered immensely. And I think that so you can ask, "Where is God in the pain?" Well, Jesus Himself suffered, and <laughs> Jesus Himself um, uh, cried, and He He died. And so, uh, and so, there's a sense in which God understands and experienced experienced suffering, and I think that can bring great comfort and peace to us as we reflect on, "Well, how can God be there?" In the, if, how, how can God be there amidst the pain? Well, God himself, well, Jesus suffered, God himself suffered. And I think that demonstrates that at least God is not unfamiliar with suffering and he understands the challenges that we, we go through. And I think also connected to that is, is his presence, his presence through suffering. So, as you've said, you could just say, okay, well, God's not there. I'm just paying, I'm, I'm crying and I'm in pain, but it can be very, very lonely. And so, I think, again, having someone, um, and, and again, this is the, the comfort and the, the peace of the gospel that it brings. Is that having someone who is present with you in suffering um actually brings tremendous um, hope and a comfort, uh, I think?
0: Yeah, well, absolutely, I, I agree with you. It, it's funny to listen to this conversation today, Rob, because you are so good at bringing such the here's the reality of Jesus, here's what the Bible says and then I've got this side of where I'm talking from, where I'm sharing with my neighbour and friends, sharing my experience. It's very relational. But still, there's many of my friends that are very open to me mentioning those comments that you've just made. They're open. They're at that level. You know, what? Like we journey with people. Mm. Some of them, you're just not even going to mention the name of Jesus. That's you're just right. going to be Jesus. And then some down the track are very much... Um, I can say something more. And I think you're really mm. showing me today the connection between those and, and how we could, just as everyday believers, make those connections or take the conversation that little further.
1: Yeah. And I think it, obviously it does depend a bit on the relationship that you have with your with your friend or your neighbour. But I think one of the things potentially you could say is that, uh, well, this is really important to me and I find great comfort in um the person that I love and revere in Jesus Christ, he actually died himself. And I really f- sort of resonate with that um, suffering. So at least I know that, well, at least that I know that my p- suffering is not without purpose. And at least, that, so, so, so maybe some some conversations like that, perhaps to sort of connect it to your own personal testimony about say, well, Jesus is really important to me. Uh, it actually makes a difference to me. And that's where I gain a lot of um, strength and comfort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in fact, I was talking with some people this morning and, <laughs> We talk about that in our online course about how do you actually say that in a way that's acceptable, being a bit mm. more casual about it. Mm. <laughs> Definitely not in their face, and yeah, absolutely. No, and I completely we can agree. Have those big converse- yeah, those big conversations with the right with the right body languages is, <laughs> is very helpful.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think the right posture towards your your friends is absolutely critical, and I think uh, because our culture, one of the things that I try to do with bigger questions is not to be too preachy. Uh, I think it's uh, not that there's nothing wrong with necessarily preaching, but I suppose that you know, to some non-believers, they really get turned off by people being a bit pushy, and so I think it's really trying to actually we want to explore conversations, explore things, and mm. and well, this is this is the reality for someone. What do you make of it? What do you think? Like that's actually asking good questions. I think can be a good way of beginning conversations with our with our friends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ah, oh, I love it. Just loving this conversation. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have you back at some point <laughs> so we can ask some of the other big questions as well. But well, there's, 200, there's over two hundred. There's over
1: two hundred of them, so there's plenty of plenty of big questions. That was that was actually a bit of a surprise to me. I was wondered when I sort of we uh, the, the show was called bigger questions. And I thought, oh, are we going to run out of bigger questions after we've covered some of the major ones? But <laughs> after over two hundred shows, I'm still not running out. So yeah, there's plenty of them out there. No, plenty of good questions.
0: And then the pandemic hit, and you've got another two hundred questions. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> so, what about this one? Thriving amidst anxious times. Mm. Who who are you talking to? And what? Because we are certainly in anxious times.
1: We are, in fact, as a as that show. Uh, spoiler alert! In that show, we start talking about um, the age of anxiety. I think it was interesting because the age of anxiety. There was a poem written in the in the late nineteen forties. Uh, called Age of Anxiety and I think that it was interesting that our our world was kind of dubbed you know an anxious world even just straight after the second world war but I think that that has only increased in if, any if anything in our culture particularly in the last 20 years or so I think our culture is deeply anxious so I interviewed there a psychologist and um, singer-songwriter Nikki Chiswell so she's um, a, a musician's performer she's been in church circles for a number of years but she's um been talking with lots of people about anxiety in fact it was actually part of her own personal story and that's one of the things i love about trying to a great bigger question show and i think you've, i'm glad you've touched on that one because i think that's one of the best shows in recent years or recent months um that we've done because it really uh, ca- covered all uh, all the things we try to cover in a bigger question show you know interesting reflections on a big contemporary topic and a really great powerful personal story where she shared her own personal testimony of where she struggled with anxiety even as a as a child, um, even as a, an infant. In primary school, she was struggled with anxiety. But when she discovered uh, the God who is with us and is always present, um, I mm. think it helped her to understand that that God is that God loved her. He wasn't um, trying to. Um, sort of judge her or be critical. Obviously, sorry, there was obviously judgment to keep part of the Christian message, but he, he, he was, but, but there was a God who was for her and, and loved her. Mm. It was absolutely transformative for her. And for her, and understanding then again, the idea that there we reflected on Philippians 4 and about finding that don't be anxious. And I asked the question, so, but isn't just saying someone don't be anxious to someone who's anxious just the worst thing you can ask? Because you know, the worst thing you can mm-hmm. say because it's like saying you know stop worrying you know don't don't worry but you don't and then you start worrying about what you're worrying and um, but actually <laughs> they said no the reason that we cannot be anxious is because God is near and again so it comes back to that presence mm-hmm. of God which even that connects to that question of suffering because really the question of anxiety is in some respects a subset of the question of suffering like why why am I because it's a, it's a, something that we we are, uh, are struggling with but again I think one of the key answers and the ways that we can think about that is, again, this this idea of a God who's powerful and is bigger than us, who loves us and is with us. And I think that can be really calming and, and help reduce our anxiety. Because if God is for us and if he is stronger and bigger than us and he's in control, then it does help us to realize that we're not running the world. God, God, God can run the world. And I think our anxiety is often stemmed from the fact that we try to control everything and run the world. And I think when we step back and let God be God or actually trust someone who's bigger than us, actually, again, it can really help with uh, uh, struggling with anxiety. And, and also we mm-hmm. draw the distinction between... An anxious world and an anxiety disorder. An anxiety disorder is separate and different, and we we, t- we touched on that in the show as well. But um, but I think it's more this idea, that this anxiousness, this striving, this kind of driving that we have as a culture, and, and we're trying to achieve everything under the sun, so to speak. But I think when we can set back and realise that we can't control everything, again, we can have, uh, I think, peace and comfort knowing that there is someone greater than us uh, in control.
0: Yeah. So that must have been a powerful... Um, little episode because we can talk about this and we can know these concepts as Christians and talk about anxiety and casting our cares on the Lord and all these things, but having someone actually share their story of how this has really helped them, that's what we need to hear, right? Because you know the neighbours, we have this, oh gosh, you know it's funny how Aussies have the BS meter. (laughs) You know they know when I don't want to say that word on on the show, but I'm sure you know what I mean if you're listening to this. So having someone actually share their story because a, a story is just so powerful because it's it's your truth. And hearing that hearing that girl share her story, um, you know that just it's just really helpful. I, I guess as Christians too, when we're sharing with our, our friends you want to have you want to share your own your real story of how Christ has helped you in in this of the anxious times or painful times or hope in in this coronavirus world
1: oh i completely i completely agree and i think this is one of the things that i've learned probably more than anything else from the show i get a real sense that it has helped me understand and more fully grasp how good the good news of jesus is um i know a mm-hmm. and i and it's partly uh, forgiveness of sins is at the heart of the Christian message. That's that's really it. but that is that really then is transformative in so other, so other areas of our of our lives. And knowing that God is in control, that knowing that He loves us and that He does forgive us, and knowing that and that that He's uh, He's with us always. There's so many ways in which the Christian message is such good news to our culture. And I think this is why we've got to get out there and share it better. I suppose haven't we, Tina? We've got to be able to be um, enca- empowered to to realize. And I think one of the empowered to share. I suppose, the difference that it makes for us. And for me, I think now that I've, I'm better equipped as of doing this show for a number of years and having over 200 episodes, which is hearing 200 stories and 200 reflections, mm. is to is to know that there are, yeah, it helps me realize how good the good news of Jesus really is um, in so yeah. many tangible and real ways and so many stories of people's lives who have been transformed. And it's often people who are anxious or uh, trying to prove themselves and actually realize that in the gospel, in Christ, in, in being connected to Jesus, that actually I don't, I don't need to. I can have peace. I can have joy. I can have hope. I can have comfort. I can have forgiveness in so many areas of my life, which just makes a, a tangible and a real difference today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we don't – I think we are salt and light. It's not like we need to try and be salt and light. The more people I talk to as well, I, I realize the same, Rob. I think, gosh – You know, the life I'm living is really quite extraordinary. It's not, it's so far from what your average Aussie that doesn't know Christ. It's just so far, you know, and you see it, um, you see how extraordinary it is to do life with Jesus through all of these types of times, particularly when you speak to people that experience life um, differently or hear stories of how, the Christian faith is active in their life so this has been wonderful I just love listening to a particular different side of of the coin so to speak of where you're coming from so I can't thank you enough I want to encourage um, listeners today to go to citybibleforum.org or check out the podcast directly at biggerquestions.org so Thank you, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat today and thank you so much for giving your time.